Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast and Channel 33, as well as our favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to start using SeatGeek. And don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app and our promo code BS. SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. Unless you're a Chiefs fan. Chiefs fans, stay out of New England. You're not going to the game on Saturday. You're not allowed on SeatGeek. Uh, today's episode is also brought to you. House, this is going to make you make you hungry. Today's episode oh. is also brought to you by Nature Box. They oh, make oh. delicious snacking. Seems smart and easy. You know who's been using Nature Box for a year or so? My wife. Yeah. They have over 100 snacks to choose from. Go healthy, go indulgent. They don't care. They just want you to snack away with their smart box guarantee. If you get a snack you don't like, they'll replace it in your next box for free. Your wife is a world-class snacker. Yeah, she One of my snacks. favorite things when I visit. Visit naturebox.com <laughs> naturebox slash BS. Get 50% off your first box. Again, approved by my wife. Let's go. Yeah. Clear enough for you. All right. What up, house? Yeah. All right. We're rolling. Yeah. Round two. Um, disappointing performance by us in round one. I, I was 2-0 heading into the Sunday games and then uh, took the 0-2 collar after, well, I knew I was going to lose the Seattle game once Marshawn Lynch uh, decided not to make the trip. Thanks, Marshawn. Thanks for that. Uh, but but your, your, uh, your favorite team, the Washington professional football team, they let you down. They let me down. They let the, uh, the District of Columbia down. Um, well, any it, it was thoughts? a gravy game. It was a gravy game. Oh, uh, you're just such you know. a loser. That's such a loser mentality. When's the last time what are you Washington's talking won? about? When you haven't won a title in, in eons, that's what you say is, oh, it was a gravy game. It was the playoffs. Oh. Hey, buddy, we haven't won a playoff game in eons. <laughs> I mean, True. To, forget about a title. When was the I last mean, Washington was, title? Uh, the last Washington 91? title. The 91 Super Bowl. The Caps played in the Stanley Cup in 98. That's it, uh, right? And that's the closest, 98, 99, somewhere like that. Why doesn't yep, anyone ever call Washington, D.C. sports fans tortured? You've had 25 years of hell. I will rep DCU a little bit, the red and the black. Um, the D.C. United uh, soccer program um, oh has God. had some success over that time talking? period. Soccer is very popular here in Washington. Let's recap your points. Our playoff <laughs> loss was gravy, and at least we have the D.C. United. <laughs> Oh it was a one-score game with four minutes left in the third quarter, and then it all went to hell. But, you know, the defense was smoke and mirrors uh, the whole season anyway. Yeah. I wish you had told me that before I picked the, the Washington professional football team. I wasn't going to go against them. I didn't have any angles or insider points on, on the stupid D.C. Grudens. It's just I'm not picking against them in the playoffs. Uh, hey, we both went 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I had the big losers in both games, well, Houston and, and the D.C.s. I do think if Deshaun Jackson – just reaches out and puts the ball over the goal line, which is what most people do when they're next to the goal line. Yeah. You're up nine nothing, and maybe the game's a little different at that point. Green Bay. It's a two two score rather than a one score for sure. Green Bay really got into the zone. It was old vintage. Uh, a, a a a rod. What, what is his? What are you? What's he go by? Um, not a rod. Just, I'm going to say he's he going to veto Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, I'll good. tell you, I have A-Rod on the brain, and we'll get to it a little while later um, during the discussion today. I don't even want to know what that means. I have a personal thing. Maybe I'll just tell about it now since I have A-Rod on the brain. Did you know that I tore my um, rotator cuff? When? 
Did I tell you that? It's a it's a full. I I probably did it in 2014, and then really um, did serious damage over the fall Golf. of this year because I never really got it fixed. Um, full thickness tear of the supraspinatus is is what I is the diagnosis. But guess what? What I have scheduled for Tuesday? HDH. <laughs> Almost platelet rich plasma body. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, Kobe, Tiger, A-Rod. Oh, that's great. All, all my heroes. Derek Rose, I'm going in there, buddy, and doing it. I'm going right in. If it's are, good enough for Kobe and A-Rod, it's good enough for me. Are you doing it with a director from Canada who doesn't have U.S. citizenship and has weird connections to biogenesis clinics? I, I just want to let you know that the this, this treatment was approved for the 2014 Winter Olympics. Oh, there you go. Well, it, it offers an exciting, safe, and simple option for improving uh, tendon repair quality and the rate of healing. So, how could I, how could I say no? I'm really excited. I hope uh, you should just ask your doctor. Float it out about the HGH. Just ask him. Hey, man. I'm sitting in there. Think? I'm laying down. Yeah, just ask he's, him. he's taking the blood. He's putting the blood back in. What about a little shot yeah. of something extra for the just for the effort? All right. So. We're going to zoom through these a little bit because we got to bring in Jacko because he's having uh, a psychotic meltdown about the Republican Why? Party. Because the, the fate of the free world is in the balance yeah. at the and, moment? And I'm going to call my dad at the tail end just because he's he's really has, he's got medics in the house 24-7 after the Gronk, Chandler Jones, all this stuff. So he's freaking out. Uh, Pats, KC is the first Saturday game. Pats are favored by five. This game oh, is I, in I the Vegas four and zone. a half. Well, it you doesn't saw make four a difference and a half? between four and a half and five. I did. Interesting. I have it op- open right now and it says four and a half. I've seen five everywhere. Well, regardless, we'll say we'll say it's five. Um Okay. Couple red flags here for, for the Patriots. Um their best pass rusher was uh reportedly shirtless outside a police station and, and acting bizarre and, and might have had He got really, down on his knees. Might have had a really bad uh uh what do you call it? Reaction to synthetic marijuana, which if this happened to any other team, I would be making fun of this person. But since it's one of the Patriots, I have no comment. Uh, that was weird. Belichick had a black guy at the press conference, which he refused to explain. I thought that was strange. Gronkowski went to the hospital yesterday for reasons that remain unclear. Edelman is playing tomorrow, but we haven't seen him in two weeks. Amendola is playing, but he's a little bit banged up. We've had seventy-seven thousand different offensive line combinations, and uh, and the, and people seem to like the Chiefs a little bit. Where do you stand? There's a lot to like with the Chiefs. the The run that they're on um, is is coming up on kind of historic. They have had great success as a against the point spread this season um, in terms of the differential, and uh, the performance last week was dominant. And yet, um, I'm not selecting the Chiefs this week either. Well, so here, um, here's what I love about this game. And we see it pretty much every year. Somebody kicks somebody else's ass in round one, usually the worst team in round one. And they're feeling good. Everybody everybody is catching the fumes of that round one blowout. They get excited for that team in round two. And they go on the road and they get killed. That happens a lot. It happens a lot. I'm I'm be- I'm, I'm hoping that that happens here. My thing is... I think the Pats' defense is really good, like really good, and everybody's mm-hmm. back now. 
And yeah. uh, and I just think the Chiefs are going to have a, a, a crap load of trouble moving the ball, especially whether Macklin plays or not. Either he's not going to play or he's going to play at like 50%. Either way, that's great for the Pats. The Chiefs have their, uh, you know, the, the Charkandrick, West Spencer Ware. Those guys are fine. Yeah, they're, they're not good. game breakers. I'm not terrified no. of them. The tight end's really good, Kelsey. Um, our, one thing the Patriots linebackers can do when they're all healthy is, is you know, they can stay with the tight ends. Yeah. I just think the Chiefs are going to have a ton of trouble moving the ball. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than people think. I also think just people forget how good the Patriots are when they have everybody. That's the, the well, it's easy to forget. It's been a long time. <laughs> the whole offense revolves around. Gronk at the line as a blocker, but able to go straight out down the field or cut out or do whatever Gronk does. But then these two receivers that either run run across each other in the middle or act like they're running across each other and then cut back out, and you open up that whole middle of the field, and, and the defense is so worried about that, it takes the pressure off the offensive line. It opens, like, But my point is you can't pull any of those people out of that and then expect the offense to look good. It really hinges on those three guys. Is James White the release valve running back? He's he's like the third down guy. I actually think they're going to rely on Steven Jackson. Um, that is what I wanted to hear. That's so funny in the first place. They, well, they took him for a test <laughs> but drive. But also kind of exciting. They took him for a test drive in week 17. He looked good. Yeah. He's only 32. He's still in shape. It's not like he's, he's uh, Corey Dillon in 2005 or something. But he can pass block. He can run. He can get the ball to the backfield. And I think what, you, what you're going to see is him out there with Gronk, Edelman, Amendola, and it's going to look like the Patriots again. And when the Patriots have all their guys, guess what? They score points. Here's yeah, what, I just think, look, in the playoffs, you go against Belichick at, at, at your peril. Uh, 4-0-1 against the spread off back-to-back losses. Um, the, since 1980 in the conference semifinals, teams that lost last two games this season 6-0 against the spread. I mean, yeah, I just you, you, you can't talk me into the Chiefs if 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 I'm not getting a full touchdown. Here's what they did when they had their full offense. 28 points against Pittsburgh, 40 against Buffalo, 51 against Jacksonville, 30 against Dallas, 34 against Indy, 30 against the Jets, 36 against Miami, 27 against Washington, 27 against the Giants. That was the first 10 weeks of the season. They never had less than 27 points in a game. Yeah. So the question is, now that everybody's back, I would say 27 is about where they're going to end up in this game, especially if Justin Houston doesn't play. So can A, can the Chiefs get over 20 with Macklin Hurt and with the Pats defense, which, again, is a really good defense yeah. um, and came on as as the season went along? Um. And B, can the Chiefs get to 28 to actually win the game? I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I, I'm. This is the thing. I, I like to when I'm uh, envisioning a line in this <laughs> this dead number four and a half five. What what's the final score that I like? And I like something like 27 20 or 27 yeah. 21. One more case for the Chiefs. Randy from uh, our old uh, Grantland baseball writer brought this up to me. Diehard KC fan feels like his life has been irrevocably altered by the by the world's world series every every everything he looks at now he looks at differently his point is he never thought they could win the world series with ned yost sure 
And now he looks at Andy Reid, and Randy said, like, Andy Reid is basically at Ned Yost. He's like this weird, eccentric guy. Weird things happen. You think you don't have a chance with him, and yet there's really no difference between those two from, from you know, they, they get results. I like that. They make you nervous. And he's just like, now that I've won a World Series with Ned Yost, I feel so much more comfortable with Andy Reid in the playoffs. And I was like, damn, wow. that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I like it. But it's still Belichick against Andy Reid. I think, I think the Pats are pissed off. I think this is going to be a pissed off Pats game. Like with all the media stuff this week, I think Belichick's mad. They didn't end the season well. They haven't looked like themselves in a few weeks. And but I think the, they're the annoyed. The media stuff is, is kind of funny. It's not media stuff. It, it, it's it's the, the defensive lineman on his knees at the police station. Well, you can't judge. He couldn't really speak. He's just on his knees with his hands crossed in prayer. We don't know what happened. He couldn't really explain what was wrong with him. We don't know what happened. Look. I enjoyed that. Most most males have been in a spot in their lives where they might have uh, put something into their body that they shouldn't have and had a reaction that they weren't proud of. That's my defense of Chandler Jones. I hope to be doing that outside my bedroom tonight after the meatloaf I intend to eat for Friday night dinner. I remember when I was living in Charlestown in the mid-90s, we had a, a baseball draft. Remember the baseball draft? You and Jacko yeah. were in, you were called the Blackjacks. Yeah. You and yeah, Jacko had yeah. a team. People don't realize we that did. you and Jacko are like, you know, you're like boys. We're thick as thieves, and, and, and uh, it's, it's not uh, coincidental that we sound identical. Everybody keeps saying we sound alike. There's a reason. We're boys. So we had a baseball draft. We went to a couple bars, and we ended up at Sully's in Charlestown. My favorite bar. Shout out to Sully's. Shout out to Jack at Sully's. That's my dude. Um, we're all there. We're hanging out. And you disappear. You're just gone. You're like, that's weird. Where's House? House is I gone. Right? He must have gone. We just immediately assume you went to find food. Maybe an hour and a half past. No sign of House. Go back to my apartment, which was, you know, a five minute walk from Sully's. I'm on the second floor. Walk up the stairs. And you're just passed out like a corpse in front of the front door. Do you remember this? Yeah, well, so you're missing two, two, two crucial details. Oh, okay. I do remember it. I remember it acutely. Yeah. Well, one, one crucial detail, one of the visitors at that, at that time. Now, it was the, the occasion was the baseball draft for all of us to be together there. Yeah. But we had one of our near and dear friends, the Blue Boy, who's made many appearances oh, uh, yeah, over yeah. the years. Oh, these, yeah. These things. Yeah. Was living in Portland at the time, but was back on the East Coast at the time of, of this draft. And might have brought and some stuff he, from Portland. He, he arrived from Portland, that's right. With the, with the, he was packing. Um, a, 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 speaking of a nature box, <laughs> the, the, blue, the blue boy had a nature bag. And, you know, I'm not a person that really cares so much uh, uh, about, you know, um, yeah. getting no, I get under you. the influence. Yeah, I, I'm not, a dabbler. Yeah. I'm a dabbler. The, the blue boy, what was in his nature bag, did something to me. It rendered me speechless, literally <laughs> speechless, while we were out at the bars. And I, I had to leave. I made a gesture to somebody that I was leaving. I came back and sat on that stoop and waited for my ability to speak to return. And it did. I couldn't. Words could not come out of my mouth. Yeah. So thanks, blue boy. So if there had been the Foxborough police station nearby, you might have ended up there shirtless. And on my knees. Yeah. So that's my point. We've, it's, we've all been there. 
I, I'll tell my story next week. Um, yeah. But yeah, stuff happens. Chandler Jones. Hey, by the way, I, so I, you know, obviously I'm in my mid forties now. I'm not really the synthetic marijuana generation. I I do not understand synthetic. Like it just, it sounds like people are just smoking poison. That's I, this is the thing that's very scary to me. How the hell is there any quality control? What do you know you're getting? This I think what what Blue Boy gave me had something funky added to it. I think he gave me a a, a PCP bomb. I think it was just or, Oregon. They just I'm grow sure, better. It's nice true. and moist. My system was not ready for that. Anything like that. We were in the My East soul. Coast smoking skunkweed. Well, and I didn't even smoke. I'm just a you know, this vanilla kid from Washington D.C. That's why I retired when I moved to California. <laughs> it was like going from single A to the majors for for uh, for for that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, but yeah, kids out there don't smoke. Um, <laughs> let's go. I mean, I'm, I don't support it. I mean, you yeah. might end up speechless. Bad you for your lungs. Bad for your lungs. You might end up speechless. You might end up on your knees in the Foxborough Police Station. Uh, yeah. Just stay away. Just, just stay drink away. very. Just drink beer, or Tate. You're listening. Just drink liquor with with no uh, no stuff like cranberry juice soda like that. Just be yeah, careful. Clear liquor. Clear liquor. Watch your body. A when delicious, you get older. Yeah, when you get older, delicious you feel. vodka with a splash of water and a little lemon. That's a wonderful drink. You feel all the mistakes you made in your 20s when you hit your 40s. I'll leave it yes, at that. You do. Uh, next game, Broncos Steelers. <laughs> and on that note, yeah. So we, we still have no idea who the hell's playing for Pittsburgh, right? No, we have some idea. Antonio Brown oh. is now out. That just happened. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So the line's going to move. The line is now Broncos 9. Yeah, you had to buy it at 7. Uh, earlier. It, it opened at 5.5. It immediately jumped to 7. And well, if you didn't buy it at 7, um, you're, you're, you know, 9 I don't like. The good I'm, news, not, I'm not picking Pittsburgh, but I don't like 9. The good news is that Ben Roethlisberger has a ripped up shoulder. <laughs> He's going to play anyway. So the problem with, with with taking Pittsburgh is putting your fate in the potential hands of Landry Jones. Right? I, I, yeah, I would say that's more than a problem. I would say that's a, a terrifying proposition. Uh, you're not on the road. Like yeah, against the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, Top but two, wait, do defense. either of us really think Denver's the best defense in the NFL? I don't think that. No, they were they over the course of the season. I know, but they, they really they held it together in, in an impressive way. They really um, rendered the inefficiency at quarterback, which is a pretty uh, interesting accomplishment in this day and age, where quarterback is by far the most important position in the in, in, in the entire game. They they were able to overcome a, a, a pretty abysmal quarterback situation. So with that defense, let me ask you: Ben Roethlisberger with a banged-up shoulder—is that any different than Peyton Manning with his current body? Can he do that? In the sense that he he might not be able to play. Yes, right. No, he's playing. He might come out after one after a series. The first time he gets knocked down, and it's going to happen in the first you know first possession. I think he's playing. I think that guy's indestructible. I agree that he's playing. I'm just saying he, he might be re-injured in a way that really limits his uh, effectiveness very early in the game. And then yeah. you're stuck with super injured Ben uh, or Landry Jones. And we saw that last week. It the, wasn't a good combo. The other issue is with Brown out, 
like I, I thought Pittsburgh's receivers were excellent. But one of the reasons Martavis Bryant is excellent is he's the number two receiver with Antonio Brown, and they're worried about Antonio Brown, and he's going against the second best guy on the other team, that whole thing. Now the defenses can actually try to take him out, which leads us to uh, Wheaton, who now yeah. has to actually make some plays. And then on top of it, you have, uh, what's, I, I don't even remember, I can't even remember the third string running back's name. Francois Francois Toussaint. Yeah, yeah. Francois Pierre Trudeau Truffaut. Yeah, that guy. Uh if they fall behind like ten to nothing, you'd be concerned. Now here's the case for Pittsburgh. Let's hear it. Um number one, it's the playoffs, which means Akeep Talib will be leaving the game in the second quarter with an injury never to return, because that's his move. Uh and I and I'm not bitter at all about that as a Pats fan. Um but Pittsburgh's defense might be able to stop Denver a little bit here. They have like the fifth or sixth ranked uh, run defense. Might even be higher than that. And uh, I think they had the sixth ranked defense overall. The one thing that they're bad at is stopping deep balls. Manning can't really throw deep. So this might just be like a 10-7 game where they have a chance to steal it. And, you know, who knows with Manning? Are we sure Manning? Are we sure Peyton Manning's good? The guy was 9 I, TDs and 17 picks when he, when he, got, uh, when he got benched for a few weeks because he was hurt. Yeah, we have no idea whether he's good. But I, I just can't um, lay the points with all the injuries at Pittsburgh. It's a lot of points, man. Well, the, the difference between 7 and 9... I, I, I'm going to go back into the combobulator and and uh, you know try and come up with some angles. I like Denver pretty well at seven. Yeah, and that's the pick that that appears on on you know in a public place. That's the pick that I'll be making. Well, there's going to be one want game this week, and this one has the most potential. I think I could totally see Pittsburgh winning this game and all, and like everyone teasing Denver with everything and throwing them in every parlay and oh yeah, Antonio Brown's out, Roethlisberger's hurt, cross off Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, a week ago, we were saying Pittsburgh was the biggest sleeper threat in the AFC. So, and, well, I, and I totally get the reasons. I, my point is, we've yeah, gone from... An extraordinary sequence at the end of that Bengals game. A, a, a snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. I get the it. The likes of which, you know... I get it. It just nine seems high. I don't. I don't believe in this Denver team. Nine seems high. Let's congratulate them though for being the luckiest team ever. I think this is the luckiest <laughs> NFL team that's ever like lived. A true they, Pats fan. Put, they put, what, what? The horseshoe that lives up Denver's ass is is like encrusted in little diamond studs. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm bitter. Uh, you are bitter. Oh, uh, congratulations! To, I think Peyton Manning might have killed Al Jazeera America. He, he did do that. There's a little cause That's and effect a, there, right? Talk about a W. I won't see you, but just shut the whole thing down and we'll be good. I like that. Uh, he never denied that his wife got the HGH, by the way. No. Has your wife ever gotten any HGH? I don't know anybody who has gotten HGH. I've never met I'm one not, person in my life who has gotten HGH except for Jacoby's grandmother. J- Jacoby's grandmother. He's he put 92 that years up. old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So... I'm going to do something crazy here. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Steelers. I, it's not that crazy. Ben, Big Ben obviously has a really good um, 
record, uh, three and one against the spread as a road dog. Um, Peyton's terrible at home uh, with rest during the postseason. One and six against the spread. Zero oh, and five against the spread if his team's favored by seven or more. I think it's I I just think it's a low scoring game. I think the defenses sure. control this game, and I think Pittsburgh goes super conservative. And they try to have their defense make plays, and they and they try to get Manning to lose the game, and that's their game plan. I like the narrative. Yeah. I like the narrative. I, I I don't know the answer yet to who I'm going to pick, but I like the narrative. All right, that's the one. I mean, I would have bought Denver at seven to, this morning. Here's my here's my money. Denver Denver minus seven. The move. I, by the way, I think this game's a stay away. I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't do anything. Right. I'm saying I just have to pick it. But the move, if I had to do anything in this game, is Pittsburgh plus 300 to win outright. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's sure. that's just those are good odds. They could yeah. win. Manning could just suck in this game. He could throw three picks and single handedly blow it for for Denver. Um, all right, let's go. Let's say Panthers Seahawks for last. Cardinals Packers. Cards by seven. You have it at seven. I have it at seven. Yep. I just think Arizona's great. I'm not thrown off at all by the Week 17 thing. I don't think the Packers are very good. I think I watched a lot of Packers games this year. The three quarters they played in Washington, the second, third, and fourth quarters, had no relation to anything I saw for three months from them other than the one Minnesota Minnesota game game. when Bridgewater got hurt. That's right. Um, I just don't think Green Bay is very good. And I think Arizona's great. I think they're... A monster home team, and uh, and I just think they're gonna roll over them. I this feels this feels like a forty to this feels like one of those games where Rodgers is down twenty eight and it's kind of rallying back, and you get worried about laying the minus seven in the fourth quarter because he's going for cheap touchdowns. I don't. I just don't think they have any chance to beat Arizona. I agree with every single thing you just said. I have a tiny angle to add into it. Teams that. Uh lost their last regular season game and then won in the wild card, cover 10% of the time yep. when they're going up against uh, a team that, that like like Arizona, lost its last, last regular season game. But, I mean, Arizona, number one ranked offense, number five ranked defense, the difference in class between the D.C. Grudens and the Arizona Cardinals is um, sizable. And I'm, I was impressed by uh, – Green Bay, it was a good lesson for the D.C. Grudens to see what kind of a seasoned outfit, the combination of McCarthy and, and Rodgers. They they, put, they gave Randall Cobb the ball in about 15 different um, uh, positions during that game, and, and Washington can't figure out a way to get Deshaun Jackson the ball. It was a, it was a, a good lesson for the D.C. Grudens, but, but uh, lesson time, play, you know, going up against a, a – a team like the D.C. Grudens, who you make the playoffs once every presidential election cycle, and going up against um, the, Bruce Arians is a good effing coach. Every week I look at, at the numbers for him um, in situations like this, and he's, he's just kicking ass and taking names. Well, So, so uh, yeah, difference in class. I love Arizona here. So, you know, I keep track of the straight wins, straight losses, and either-or games. Arizona yeah. had 12 legitimate wins, two legitimate losses, and two either-or games this season. That was it, the best record in the NFL, wasn't it? Yeah, it was up there. And in, in seven in seven of those wins, which I always, if, if you just kick somebody's ass, I always write ass kick next to it. It's seven of the 12 wins were ass kicks. 48-23 over Chicago, 47-7 over San Francisco, 42-17 Detroit, uh, 27-3 Rams. 40 to 17 Eagles, 
And then uh, and they killed the Packers in week 16. Six of them. I'm sorry, not seven. Oh, no, and they killed the Browns, 34 to 20. My point is, they pour it on when they're up. And I think that's a crucial thing to remember, and especially in round two with like seven points. Oh, that's a lot. Certain teams just turn it up when they have the lead. And this is one of those teams. Is I love the the running back, the rookie running back. I think he's really good. This is it's it. incredible they're on their third running back, and all of the running backs this season have been badasses. Yeah. That's so, incredible. By contrast, Denver, who had four legitimate wins, three legitimate losses, and nine either or games. Um, here's, here are the margins that they, they won this year. Six points, seven, 12, three, six, three in overtime, uh, 19 over the Packers. That was their biggest win. Two. Six over the Pats in OT. They beat the Chargers 17 to 3, so 14. Week 16, they won by three. Week 17, they won by seven. This is not didn't a team cover, that blows. Yeah, they they don't blow teams out. I'm taking I'm I'm taking Pittsburgh. Are you switching? If I'm nine or nine and a half. Well, I want to see if the line goes up. Um, I'm switching at nine. Or, this was breaking news that the line went from seven to nine because Brown was confirmed out. Let's take Pittsburgh. Let's, well, whatever. Let's take Pittsburgh plus nine. Yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Very like hard it. for Denver to win by fourteen plus. Like they just don't have the track record this season. If it was if if it was Pittsburgh and Arizona, I'd be like, no effing way. I'm taking it. Taking Arizona. Like they they're yeah. they're gonna pour it on. Denver is not a pour it on team. Uh, all right, last game. By the way, Arizona has the best Super Bowl odds, plus 360. Mm. Pats are plus 400. Carolina's plus 500. Denver is plus 500 now. That's kind of interesting. Seattle plus 575. And then it gets a little wonky after that. Uh, All right, last game. Panthers, Seahawks. Uh, It's been between one and a half and two. We'll just call it two. Panthers were 15 and one this year. They did not lose a game at home. They're, they have two weeks rest. They have the best player in the league. They're playing a team that just played one of the all-time debilitating cold-weather games ever and should have lost if somebody had made a 22-yard field goal and looked impotent offensively except for the play when the ball got snapped past Russell and he picked it up and was going to take a sack but realized nobody was going to sack him and ran around and got a 50-yard play out of it. That team is is getting less than three points in Carolina, I don't think I've seen a nobody believes in us game like this in a while for Carolina. I mean, this is just flat out insulting. How are they not favored by three house? Um, you know, I, I, I think at this stage of, of, you know, what are we, a full half decade in with Seattle and the success that they keep showing in, in the playoffs? Is it five years now? Is it it's four years. Year? Yeah, they've played, okay. they played two playoff games in 2012. They won the Super Bowl the next year, and they lost in the last minute of the Super Bowl last year. They've played, I think, eight or nine playoff games in the last three years, and all of them have been close. They've not gotten their ass kicked once. So that that run of sustained success in the playoffs makes it such that you know you want folks to uh, Vegas wants people to play uh, the Panthers. They have to entice people. Now I saw in here the Panthers had seventy percent of the action at. Um, at three, and I guess because it's on that magic number. But I, I everybody, every like sort of uh, you know commentator, or whatever that I look at um, in terms of making picks, love Seattle in, in this yeah. position. And I love Seattle in, in this position. It's a different Seattle team 
than the one um, that lost to Carolina uh, midseason. And by the way, they had 15 different ways to win that game. They were winning the entire game until they lost. And, you know, Panthers missing two of the top three cornerbacks. Seattle has now a whole bunch of defensive guys that they didn't have the first time they met, um, in, in, including uh, my, 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 my boy Bobby Wagner and my boy uh, Jeremy Lane, two, two of the greats. You know, I, I, I like they, – we, we talked about this last week. Seattle has their starting defense. Now, last yes. week, you know, we, we called that almost perfect. Did you – oh, you took Seattle because you – the Marshawn Lawn. Uh, Lynch thing. I, yeah, I, I said it was going to be ten seven. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be ten nine, but the cousin I teased Seattle with the under and oh. and won, but I don't feel good about it because Blair Walsh's life was ruined, and and I like Vikings fans, and I I don't. Did you, you saw it? No, did you see the story? Blair Walsh was with the first graders. Oh, that's nice. A whole bunch of first graders wrote him "Don't feel bad" notes, and then he went and visited with them. He's okay. Blair's all right. Well, before we give our picks for the best game of the weekend, I want to talk about our buddies at Squarespace. They build oh. they build fantastic websites for normal people. Normal people like Joe House. Uh, you, <laughs> I'm semi-normal. You just launched... Yeah, that's true. You're not normal. You just launched a new Squarespace site. It's called housefromdc.com. It's a fact. Tate, go to housefromdc.com. Check that out. Um, well, what's going to be on this site? House, did Squarespace make it easy for you to build beautiful websites regardless of skill level, no coding needed, easy to use tools, and state-of-the-art technology? I'm a middle-aged non-millennial, and I have to tell you, I was able, uh, with a little bit of help from a millennial, to navigate around, figure the thing out. There's pictures, there's there's uh, there's words, there's tabs. I, I There's a website, housefromdc.com. There might be some food in there. There might be some links to Friday rolling in there. There might be some links to some old house eats popping out of that thing. Um, you know, it's a place to go in there and, and enjoy uh, the silliness that is this character, House from D.C. House, do you realize you, you're getting 24-7 online support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month? I, I, I did not realize that. Did you realize that you got a free domain for buying Squarespace for the year? I did realize that. That was, that made me happy. Did you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code BS for 10% off your first purchase? Uh, I don't think I remember to do that. Oh, gosh darn it. 10%. Right. I could have had off. Yeah, 10%. It would have been great. All right. Housefromdc.com. Check it out. House is the most computer illiterate person I know and somehow has a functional website. And we look forward to you putting up pictures of, of food. Yeah, there are a lot of pictures of food. The last six months uh, of, of my life, the food picks, there's some delicious lamb lollipops in there. The prime roast, uh, the prime rib that I cooked for uh, Christmas mm. is up there. A delicious meal at Momofuku here in D.C. is up there. There's, yeah. some, there's some good picks in there. All right. Panthers, Seahawks. So this, this uh, site called Hawk Blogger. Shout out to Hawk Blogger. Ten facts you should know about the Seahawks and Panthers, written by. Hey, I clicked on that too. Yeah, written by Brian Nemhauser. Good job, Brian. That's what I just quoted from. Yeah, about yeah. the defense being improved. Yeah, yeah. So he, the Seahawks. He, here are just facts from him. The Seahawks have played the Panthers five times in the last four years. They're four and one in those games. Carolina has played just four teams with winning records this year, and two of those teams were nine and seven: Houston and Washington. Uh he has the thing you mentioned about how the entire defense is back. Bruce Irvin has seven sacks in four career games against Cam Newton. 
Uh, Kerry Williams does not play for Seattle anymore. Who's somebody Cam Newton picked on. Panthers are missing two of their top three cornerbacks. Carolina has only played one game this year where they failed to force a turnover, and that was against Seattle. Um, Cam Newton's passer rating after three quarters in the first game was 15.5. The Panthers have only trailed one team at halftime and at the end of three quarters this season, and that was Seattle. Carolina this year has only faced one top five defense and one top five offense, and it was the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks to Hawk Blogger for those Great stats. job by Hawk Blogger. I mean, you see all that stuff, and you think this looks like this looks really good for Seattle. And yet, I'm taking. We Carolina. also like the, the same season, you know, revenge angle for the uh, against the spread. At least I like it. I do too. I'm taking Carolina. I just want to get all of that whole case out there. I get it. I totally get it. That's fantastic. I just think this is a nobody believes in this game. And I believe in Cam Newton. I think he's been the best player in the league this year. And this is a Cam Newton, I'm the best player in the league game. He's going to win this game. I believe in Cam Newton. I'm I'm throwing out all other logic out the window. I believe in Cam Newton. I think he's going to win this game. I think he's ready for a big playoff moment. I like what I've seen all season from him. I'm glad we're on opposite sides of this. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely taking Seattle. We need one that we're on the opposite side of each other. And if Ted Gain drops the 55-yard touchdown that screws me over and leads to the Seattle win, I'm going to be angry. You should prepare to be angry. All right, we'll see. Yeah. Carolina, nobody believes in you except for me, Bill Simmons. Uh, so we have Pats minus five. We both have that one over KC. We have Pittsburgh plus nine in Denver. We have Arizona minus seven over Green Bay. And you have Seattle plus two. I have Carolina minus two. House. It's a good slate. No NBA talk for us this week. Uh, other than, did yeah. you see Kawhi shut down LeBron? Yeah, it was that was an, uh, uh, an, an impressive um, beatdown last night. Did you see? I mean, they're pa- just the, the best. The, can we just, you know, San Antonio is the best team in basketball. All due respect to, to um, Golden State. It's going to be really interesting if everyone's healthy on both sides and it's San Antonio versus Golden State in round three with Golden State with home court advantage, and yet San Antonio's probably going to be their favorite or it's going to be dead even from a gambling standpoint in that series because when they throw out Duncan and Aldridge together with Kawhi, with, can we call Tony Parker rejuvenated? I feel like we kind of can. Have you seen him? After what we saw over the summer and and the the pessimism, the proper pessimism from from how beat up he looked, some combination of rest, maybe a maybe maybe a, a wonderful shipment of Nature Box, rest <laughs> diet. I don't know what else. He's he's, he's rejuvenated. He looks great. If he's gonna, that was my biggest question for him, and he's got the hop and a step back, and they got shooters, and they got lots of looks they can throw, but man. When you're throwing Duncan and Aldridge out together, that is like Cleveland. I'm not it's sure what formidable. their answer is. Yeah, they and they don't have an answer. I I counted out LeBron a little bit last year. I was like, ah, oh, you know, this is what happens. It's year twelve for him. He's not at his apex anymore. This is a different level for him. And then all of a sudden, he clicked his fingers and he was LeBron again. Watching this year, now it's year thirteen for him. The one thing I've noticed and. It'll be interesting to see is if the as the year goes along if this comes back, but it doesn't seem like his first step is there like it used to be. It seems like people can move their feet left to right and stay in front of him more, and he's getting a lot of 
calls that seem like they could be charges or a lot, a lot of like no calls where he's just kind of plowing into guys. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I, that's been going on a little bit like the last year and a half, it seems like. But especially this year. Yeah. Just seems like like watching Kawhi last night, he just had a look like this guy, I, I, I'm going to stay in front of this guy. I can stay in front of this guy. He can't get by me. And that's, I don't remember, three years ago, you did not see that. So I don't know. Kawhi is special in that regard, too, though. He is. He, I, I kept telling you, remember earlier in the year, I was telling you to buy 50 to 1 MVP odds on him, and you were like, no, nah, I'm too much of a puss. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm not, not going to do that. There's no way he can do it. It's going to be Steph Curry. San Antonio Golden State it, it really has a chance. That the, one the has, two of them a, that has an all-time chance. Yeah, because of the the you know they're both the, they're the point differential for both of them is like a historical. They're both in like the top five or top ten all time at this point in the season. I love you know what I liked that Golden State sucked in Denver without Draymond. I'm starting to think he might be my number one MVP choice. Oh, he you you uh, were uh, validated, vindicated by the fact that they didn't look. Uh, they looked a little discombobulated. I like that Denver effort, by the way. I like that Denver team. I like guys on that team. I agree. I think they should go the other way and, and make a trade to try to make the team better. I like Gallinari. Me I like too. this Will Barton, who oh, was like man. a second rounder. This guy's a gem. You just play. I Dude love Will play. Barton. Yeah. Um, Farid, I've always liked. Yeah, yeah, they have dudes. They have guys. Moody A feels a little Tyreekish. Tyreekish like to a brand- me. He's a brand new point guard. I mean, they, they gave him the keys. Have you watched? Are you into the college hoops vortex yet, or not really? I, I'm still um, circling. Okay. I haven't sat down and watched any game from the beginning to the end. Uh, I watched um, nearly all of uh, what was the double overtime game last week? Oh, Kansas, Oklahoma, triple. Yeah, that that was awesome. Yeah, I love that dude from Oklahoma. It's a good year for college hoops. It's a it's a rare good year with fun teams and uh, what we learned yesterday is Tate hates Duke so much that somebody brought up somebody on Duke like Duke yesterday and Tate just went on some rant about like I've never seen anything like it. Like we could watch Brandon Ingram. My house could be on fire right now, and Brandon Ingram could go in and pull my kids out of the house, and Tate would be like, "Oh, he's a loser. That guy's a loser. He never should have." He, I could have gotten the kids out of the house so much faster than that. Anyway, uh, all right, we're going to go to Jacko. Yes, yeah, please please figure out a way to save America, the two of you. Housefromdc.com. Check out his new site. Check Talk it to out. you soon. All right. All right. Uh, before we get to Jacko, I have a little tip that will save you a huge headache later. You ready? Any home security that says it's free has a huge contract attached. Three years, $1,000. Guess what? You're locked in. Well, there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. We have talked about them many times on this podcast. Simply Safe has no long-term contracts. You get the best 24-7 protection possible for just $14.99 a month. It's the only security I trust. Visit simplysafebill.com to get my 10% off discount simplysafebill.com Speaking of security, we might need security from Jacko right now. Let's call him. Complex litigation. This is John. Johnny. <laughs> I was worried about you last night on Twitter. Worry, yeah. 
It was like your your who's the guy in Network in 1976 for that movie? The guy <laughs> yeah, who freaks out. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, that guy. You were that guy. Yeah, Howard something. I think his name was. It escapes me. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit before our time. But that's a that's an iconic scene. So I did remember that. Yeah, I am that guy. I feel like I am that guy screaming that at the Republican Party. But they're, they're not listening to me. So they're going to go off the cliff, and I'll just be here in the fetal position. You're a diehard Republican who can't believe that your party seems to be going to hell right now in a handbasket. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, I was raised as a Reagan, Buckley conservative and proudly have maintained that mantle. And I'm just completely dumbfounded that at what should be a very winnable election, the party has hitched its – a large majority of the party, let's not kid ourselves, has hitched its wagon – to Donald J. Trump, essentially a lifelong Democrat, certainly as a financial supporter of Democrats, and more importantly, a blithering fucking buffoon who is so uh, wildly unqualified to be president that, it, that it's downright frightening. And the American people are going to see that, and he's going to lose in a landslide, but we're, but we're going to go right on his train there. It's, it's frightening. He had like a poignant moment when he talked about... Uh... New York and 9-11 last night and people were like, oh, a human moment from Donald Trump. That's a bad sign. It, well, that's the thing. I mean, everybody today is like people that should know better have given him these glowing reviews because he, you know, wrapped himself up in the mantle of, of 9-11 in response to Ted Cruz's idiotic attack of view of New York values. I mean, there, there's so much more to attack Trump on than the fact that he's right. from New York. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Every, I mean, he's he was a liberal as of like two years ago, three years ago. So the notion that he has New York values of you know supporting abortion or gun control or all the other positions that he held until five minutes ago, everybody knows that, and they they don't seem to care. So I think there's ways to attack Donald Trump more effectively than New York values, and and even dumber for Cruz was. Trump had gone on TV yesterday, I think it was yesterday before the debate, or maybe it was Wednesday, and it was sometime prior to the debate, and he had basically some reporter had asked him this question, and he already gave the 9-11 answer then. Yeah. So he had to know he was going to do it again. So it's like, don't don't walk into his trap of giving him this chance to get misty-eyed about 9-11. Who are you rooting for? I like Rubio. Who's just been... I think Rubio is the most effective... Republican presidential candidate in at least a generation, and that he's young, he's forward-looking, he can, he's well-spoken, he's extremely knowledgeable on the issues. Now, people don't like him because he can come across as too packaged or too too rehearsed. Yeah, I mean, I think he's great in these debates. He always has answers on the issues, and, and what harms him is that he he foolishly got on board with Chuck Schumer and this this gang of eight immigration bill a few years ago. That would have been a disaster for the country, and it would have been a disaster for the Republican Party. And he got sort of led down the road, signed on to that, and now he's he's semi repudiated that. But that's like the one great. You know, um, scarlet letter in the Republican Party now is, is immigration. Everybody's all in on being a populist and being, you know, anti more immigration. So that's his great sin, even though Donald Trump has 20 other quote unquote sins of, of supporting Democrats in the past that we just shove off, because, slough off because, you know, he calls people stupid and yells and screams, and that's wonderful. Nice. So I like Rubio, but I mean, at this point, I think it's it's too late, unfortunately. And so we're going to nominate Trump, 
who's going to literally lose 35 states. It's going to be a landslide, and the party's going to be a disaster. And what? And all these people are angry at the quote-unquote Republican establishment, which is understandable. If you want to primary Mitch McConnell, I, I would give you money. I'd support it. You want to challenge all the entrenched Washington elite? Uh, absolutely. But the answer to, the, to challenging the Washington elite is not to nominate Donald Trump, lose an election resoundingly, and then think, well, now the elites are going to become even more conservative, because they're not. Now they're going to say, look, we ran your boy Trump and he got his ass handed to him. So now we're going to become even more liberal. So that's going to fracture the Republican Party, which will be out in the wilderness for a decade or more now. It sounds bleak. It's terribly bleak. The country is a country is a mess. The world is a mess. You know, when you have this week when the United States Navy, the most powerful military in the history of mankind and our sailors by this third are treated like, you know, hostages by this third-rate nation, American sailors on their knees, blindfolded and held overnight, and our leaders say, thank you, Iran, for being so wonderful. Thank you. May I have another? That's the vision of the future, because that's what, that's what that we're going to end up with. We're going to have four or eight more years of that. So, but, that, but the Republican Party, like Donald Trump, because he calls people stupid and that you're ugly and you're stupid. That's wonderful. That's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our wonderful vision to put forward for the country. It's embarrassing. Who are you? Are you are you disappointed in Chris Christie that he never got it together? Or you never thought he no, because I don't. I don't love Chris Christie. Right. I like Rubio. Rubio is my guy. I had some hopes early on for Scott Walker, who's the governor of Wisconsin, who I also like. But he he was too milk toast. And, and the problem for all these guys is that basically Obama has has cleaned the Republicans' clocks for years, even though the Republicans have made amazing gains in midterm elections and what have you. But they haven't done anything legislatively. They haven't challenged him. They haven't fought back enough. So the, so the base is extremely angry, and what they want is, like, raw red meat. They want blood, basically. And you know, these guys that are trying to be, like, competent and positive and knowledgeable on things, that, that doesn't count anymore. All you have to do, you need to be screaming and ranting and, like, foaming at the mouth like Trump, and that, that's like you're fighting back against political correctness. So when you see the Democrats, yeah. which they aren't doing that as much, but, like, like it seems like Hillary's going to— take it right is there any bernie sanders chance or not <laughs> well i don't know hillary is it's funny we were out, i was out with some buddies the other night we were watching the college football national championship game and i i was lamenting these this trump i was doing this trump brand lamenting the state of the republican party and he's a he's a liberal democrat he's not really down with hillary but he doesn't think that bernie can win yeah and i mean there's really no enthusiasm for Hillary Clinton in the Democratic Party. Doesn't seem like the, it. the real enthusiasm in the Democratic Party now, which is essentially a, you know, it's all Ivy League egghead, essentially socialists, old hippies that are, you know, that they've taken over the party. They love Bernie Sanders. They love 90 percent confiscatory tax rates. That's the greatest and, you know, redistributing the wealth. They can't wait for that. But they don't think that Bernie can win. I mean, their heart is really with Elizabeth Warren, who hasn't run. Yeah. But all these polls, Hillary should be like wiping the floor with Bernie, who who isn't even really sort of only running half-assed and gets like enormous crowds and he's had enormous fundraising because the Democratic Party, their heart is with him. They don't love Hillary. It's the same thing that happened when when Obama beat her in 2008. Their heart was with him, and he he you know he was a much more viable candidate than Bernie. But what's going to happen to her if she's not careful? If she loses Iowa and she loses New Hampshire, the party's going to get together and they're going to say we we can't run her. She she can't win. And they know Bernie is not really a true presidential candidate. So what could happen is I mean the party could get together and have Joe Biden parachute in with Elizabeth Warren as his running mate, and and they they'd wipe the floor with her.
that'd be the end of Hillary. They'd have to drag her out kicking and screaming, but I don't think she could get the nomination in that circumstance. So I think she's in some trouble, what are the which Joe is all the, more, the why it's all the more agonizing for the Republicans to be fooling around with Trump when it's a totally winnable election. I wonder what, what odds are out there on Joe Biden right now. I, don't, I mean, he gave some interview the other day, which was surprising, right before the State of the Union. And they said, you know, the reporter said to him, uh, it was actually a Connecticut reporter. It was here, a local Connecticut interview. And she said, do you, re- do you regret not running? And he's like, every single day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a pretty strong statement, obviously. So, if we, you know, you know this stuff more than I do. Has there ever been a weirder political election year than 2016? What's topped it? Well, this one is pretty crazy because, you know, if you told me a year ago that Donald Trump was going to be the overwhelming favorite to be the Republican nominee, I'd have said, what, you know, what are you smoking? It's ridiculous. But, a year um, ago, it was like three months ago we were laughing. Yeah, about even, it. exactly. It was like a joke. I mean, there's been other odd years, certainly. I mean, in a lot of ways, this is like. 1968, you know, because LBJ was sort of, was not sort of, he was completely embroiled by Vietnam. Yeah. The Democratic Party was wildly against that. Everybody thought that he would cruise to the nomination and he suddenly announces that he's not going to, he's not going to run. Eugene McCarthy, who was an anti-war senator from New Hampshire, I mean, um, I think it's from South Dakota, wins New Hampshire, or almost wins New Hampshire, and he caught fire, and the Democrats said he can't possibly win. And that's when Bobby Kennedy got involved, and Hubert Humphrey ultimately was the nominee because Bobby Kennedy got assassinated. But in terms of, like, strange things and surprising things and people getting in at the last minute, it sort of resembles that. I've known you for a long time. This is the most upset I've ever heard you about anything. I mean, I've seen you upset, like, especially (laughs) at, like, 2 in the morning in college when— Somebody wouldn't let us into a party or somebody ran out of a keg or you've definitely flown off the handle or, or like a late night pinochle game or somebody made a comment. You didn't like, like you've definitely, I've seen you throw some tantrums. This is the most upset I've ever heard you. Well, because this is like literally the future of the country is at stake. I mean, it literally, I mean, Donald Trump's ascendancy and it may already be too late is it really, it has the potential to destroy the Republican Party as we know it. I mean, these Tea Party people may just go and form a third party, and then you're just going to have Democratic rule for as far as the eye can see, and and the country can't take any more of that in terms of the taxing and the spending. We have 19 trillion dollars in debt. We're only going to add to that because Hillary Hillary's trying to out Sanders Sanders. You know, we're going to pay for everybody to go to college. We're going to pay for everything for everybody. Take all the take everybody's money. We're going to pay for everything for everybody. That's unsustainable in a country with 300 million people. It's un, totally unsustainable. So it's really, you know, I have young kids. I have a soon-to-be 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. And, you know, I'd like to leave some, have some country left for them that resembles somewhat of the country that we grew up in. And I'm not, I'm not sure that that's going to be possible, frankly. When you're out with your friends and stuff on a Friday night, do they just not even bring this stuff up with you anymore? You're so <laughs> upset. They're just like, so how the, how the Yankees look in there, Jacko? <laughs> yeah. Seen any movies? Yeah, I- I have a, I have a, you know, most of my friends are of mixed politics, so I never really, He's I never right. really talk about politics with friends anyway. But yeah, when it's brought up and something about Trump, and just like start quietly shaking my head and looking down at my shoes, and they just know to move on. Yeah, I don't know what to say, Johnny. <laughs> nah, it's nothing you can do. I, I, this Trump thing is the most flabbergasting thing I think that's happened since I've been alive. I just it's, don't understand it. it. It's unbelievable. It's really incredible. Me. I mean, I, I posted a thing on Twitter yesterday of some rally of his the other day, and they, they had these young kids, 
you know, I'm not going to kill the young kids that are, you know, right. put up to this by their parents or whatever. But these young girls in like red, white and blue leotards and they sing this song to Trump that was like straight out of the Kim Jong-il songbook. Of, and this thing like it starts off with these kids saying cowardice, not amongst us or something. And I was just like, oh, my God, what what country is this? I, he, and people, these people, these rallies, like it's like a religious revival. Like these people are, are like orgasmic at a, at a freaking Trump rally. It's it's unbelievable. And he says things that are just so stupid. I mean, I'm just sitting there going, he is so fucking stupid. <laughs> You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, he's so fucking stupid. How can you be like waving your flags and singing anthems to him? It's it's, it's mind boggling. If Mike and the Mad Dog were still together, Mad Dog would be like, I mean, Mike, he, he was 10 years ago, he was telling Omarosa that you're fired. Exactly. And now he's going to be the president. <laughs> exactly. It's just, dog, yeah. It is, it is a humongous, humongous mistake <laughs> by the United States of America. Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a it's quite a pickle. Well. All right, Chad. Hey, at least I, at least the Yankees have the greatest bullpen in the history of baseball, so that's that's good for me. Yeah, you reconciled uh that Chapman thing. Well, we throw 101 miles off the field issues, but you know, you know, everybody runs into problems now and again and hopefully those kids will work it out and whatever his punishment is, we'll take that and we'll move on. Who's the closer? He is. Oh, wow. I was surprised Girardi came out the other day and said going into spring training, Chapman's the the closer. I was shocked by that. I figured they'd go with Miller, but then he said they said, well, Chapman's been a closer and he's never been a setup guy, and Miller and Batantis have both been setup guys, so they're used to that role. So that really is on paper probably the greatest bullpen anyone's ever had. <laughs> it really is. It's I mean, really like it's amazing bullpen. I mean, the Yankees, the Yankees had good ones in the past, like in 96 when they had Ramiro Mendoza as a, as yeah. a setup guy when he was effective, and Mariano and Wetland. But I mean, not three guys. Three guys. Miller, you know, Miller had whatever many saves he had last year. It was like one of the top reliever, you know, closers in the AL. But Tansis was phenomenal. He had like a .91 ERA. He throws like 100, and Chapman throws over 100. I mean, the Yankees have a lead in the sixth inning, and the game's over. Well, at least you got that look to look forward to as the country's falling apart. It's like the Roman Empire when there was like, you know, bread and circuses. They gave, they gave everybody bread and had circuses for entertainment. Nobody noticed that the uh, Roman Empire was collapsing around them. So I'll just entertain myself with the Yankees bullpen while the country collapses around me. All right. You can check him out on at Jacko2323 on Twitter. Uh, he melts down every once in a while. I'm sorry this is happening to you, but uh, Thanks, I look forward buddy. to continue to have you on over the course of the uh, campaign. Phenomenal. Talk to you soon, buddy. Can't wait. Bye bye. All right. Last but not least, we're gonna call. Uh, we're gonna call my dad really quickly because he's freaking out about the Patriots. Am I on the podcast right now? <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. Are you awake? <laughs> Are you taking a mid afternoon nap? <laughs> well, I am older. Uh, just. Quick. I'm really nervous. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I was just checking in really quick. Uh, tumultuous week for I the Patriots. Up- well, what a maybe the weirdest week ever. Well, except for the uh, Hernandez being accused of murdering. <laughs> yeah, that was probably people, weirder. But, yeah, that might have been weirder. <laughs> what about Irving but, Fryer's uh, wife stabbing him with a knife in his hand, knocking him out oh, of yeah. whatever game that was? That was pretty weird. I, I forgot that one, but this one was pretty weird. And then when you thought it couldn't get weirder, you start reading yesterday that Gronk 
the most invaluable player besides Brady is in the hospital getting some kind of injection, probably cortisone. And then last night they released a second injury report, and the back that he's already had operated on twice is a problem. I mean, really? All this is going on now? I'm still taking the Pats. I'm still taking the Pats, but um, it's, been, it's been, you and I have talked, but, you know, if I know a lot of teams have had injuries. You know, you look at Pittsburgh and other teams as well. I don't know that any team has had as many injuries as we have had, and it's been a really crazy season. Uh, you just look back at the team we had in the beginning when Lewis was running and we, we had the big back and the small back and, just not the same team. I don't know. So you don't I'm like us minus five. I, I think we can win this game. I'm not sure what happens after that. I mean, every game we have, it seems like somebody else gets injured. So you worry about that, even if everybody suits up on Saturday. I certainly was a lot more optimistic around week nine. Oh, sure. I'm looking back they finally win. at week nine, but... I, our defense is really good, and that's that's what I'm holding out hope for with the Chiefs. What what is the reaction? The reason I was calling was what what is like in Boston right now? All this stuff's going on. Belichick has a weird black eye that he won't talk about. Like, what are people talking about there? Well, if you listen to talk radio, which occasionally I do, um, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories. And the funniest one I heard was yesterday. Uh, late yesterday afternoon, that um, Belichick went to uh, break up a fight between Gronkowski and Chandler Jones, who Chandler being out of his mind at the moment and yeah. got punched as he tried to separate them. And yeah. Gronk hurt his back. Uh, Belichick got the black eye and Chandler Jones ended up in the hospital. That's a good one. So that, that ties in one. all of them. Yeah, that ties in all three things. <laughs> it ties in one. all three things, and there's there's a possibility if you think about it, but of course, not really. But it's funny to think about, but not really funny. So I don't know. A lot of conspiracy theories. The black guy on Belichick, of course, that he won't talk about, wins all kinds of. Uh, storytelling for people when you combine that with what happened with the unbelievable morning for Chandler Jones. Well, if the Pats lose this game, knowing how uh, the city of Boston goes with stuff like this, that it's going to be a long next couple of weeks for Chandler Jones, Belichick, um, all those people. I think there's going to be a lot of saltiness. You know, I, I won't be shocked if Chandler Jones doesn't go out there and have an unbelievable game. Um, Maybe whatever he took that on Saturday night, maybe he should take just a smaller amount. No, and... <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I agree true. with you, though. I really like Chandler. I was bummed yeah. out that it was him because he was one of my favorite Patriots. They mic'd him up for a couple of games this year, and, and uh, he just seemed like he had the, one of the best personalities on the team, great teammate. I love the way he played. Like He had an awesome season. Yeah, me too. All of that. It's um, really exciting. Not not a typical guy that we have, like just this athletic pass rusher that uh, right. every other team usually has and the Patriots never have. Right. But, um, yeah, I was bummed. You know, the other, I think he's in an, I think he's a restricted or might be a restricted free agent this year or has one more year. Well, I so think his price is down. 
Yeah, his price is down. Then. So maybe maybe he'll have a great game to show people that he didn't want to be a negative influence on the biggest game so far in the year, and maybe he'll take a hometown discount to, to re-up. What is that, I mean, your Saturday, 4.30 p.m.? Uh, is is Are you going to be alone? Who's who's watching? What's happening? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm encouraging... My stepmother? Uh, my Your stepmother, my wife, Molly, to go shopping, uh, have her nails done, uh, come back at... We have a family dinner at one of our favorite restaurants, Toscano's, being run by my brother Don at 8.15 Saturday night. So, so it, you're, it should make so it overtime right. is bad. So it's going to, can I just well, spell this out for you? Me. Well, I'll, I'll come for dessert. They can all meet at 8.15 and, and, and hopefully I'll still be alone watching TV with my trusted golden retriever but um i don't want overtime i don't think my heart can take overtime i, I want a 27 uh, 14 victory and i want to i want to see macklin doesn't play or he goes out there and he's limping so badly he doesn't have an impact <laughs> because they don't have much else besides macklin when you look at their, the tight end i know good. the tight yeah. end is good but um i don't like your plan good. i don't like your saturday plan but having a. Having spent a lot of time in that house, uh, and even written about it, and I might have even done a cartoon about it at some point. Your uh, your wife has the ability to to if you send her out, she's going to come home with like six minutes left in the game, and it's well, some crucial try moment. To it, that when she goes out, she can be out long enough that then she can wherever she goes, she can go directly to dinner at the restaurant. I that's a lot to ask. Home. Yeah, I don't see that. I, her Love history that. her history says she's going to be back with five minutes and there's going to be some question that popped up that she had to ask you and it'll be right during a third down. Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, I could shut the door. Yeah, you know, but then you're, you're bad blood for next week. You don't want to do that either. Well, it's not that, but like what? everyone else, I have, a, I have a superstitious way of watching the game. I sit in a certain spot. The doors open a certain way. You know, you do the same thing. You're a little worse than I am. Maybe. Um, you had your you had your brother was visiting week seventeen, and you let him watch the game with you, but only if he didn't talk unless it was a timeout, which I thought was an interesting move. Yeah, we we set ground rules before the game started. Um, he and he did very well with the ground rules. A That's couple good. of times he started to say something, and I said, "Greg, Greg," and yeah, he yeah. remembered the ground rule and. He waited until the commercial, but I'm what? sure there's people across the state of Massachusetts who have similar ground rules. Well, right. I think the move, if your dinner's at 8.15, the move is to um, send your wife out for drinks at like 7, like to get a drink, a pre-dinner drink with somebody. Oh, at half, maybe at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to hook her up with somebody who doesn't care about the game for a little pre-dinner drink, and then you're off the hook. Actually, that's a better idea because... Thanks. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, can I? Can I? Can I tell her that you suggested this idea? To no, get her don't tell her. Out? And she won't listen to the podcast, so she won't know unless somebody brings it up on one of your dog walks or something. But yeah, I think that's well, that, the move. But that sounds like the move, because like you said, I can see her coming in with five minutes to go, a tie game. We have the ball on the forty-yard line, and she wants to know how's the game going, or 
what am I wearing to dinner? Something like that. We had some classics where your your old house where you could see the lights and the driveway would come in and it would always be like the eighth inning, two outs, bases loaded. <laughs> Pedro tried to get out of a jam and then the lights would start hitting the thing. Like, oh! <laughs> and the window that faced the driveway was next to where the TV was. So it was hard yeah. to miss like, the lights. Oh! <laughs> Uh, well, the good news is that my wife does all that same stuff too, so I yeah, think I think, I think it I think it's uh, hereditary, even though well, they're not related. You're, maybe your wife likes football a little bit. My, as you know, your stepmom doesn't really like football. Yeah, my wife doesn't um, really care either. Her sport is basketball. Fortunately, no. that helps. Unfortunately, with the Celtics, we're going apart. to the Phoenix Suns game tonight. Oh, that'll be a good yeah. one. Should be a good that one. That could be a win. Um, it's. Maybe the last game, Mark Keith Morris is going to play. From what I'm reading, oh, he's getting traded. Uh, there's lots of rumors about him being traded. I'd take him in a heartbeat, but I, I would too. You know, wouldn't you? I, we need package to package a couple of guys. Need to change the Celtics team somehow. I'm not sure how, but the, it's a bunch yeah, of. We have, uh, we have too many similar pieces at each position. Yeah, it's it's. It's like watching a movie where there's a bunch of guys I've heard of. It's like an action movie. There's a bunch of guys I've heard of, but there's not the lead guy. And it's yeah, it's I fine. Mean, it's like an comment. ensemble movie. It's a cable movie. It's fine, but like you wouldn't pay to right. see it in the theater. That's the Celtics this season. Well, they're not going to get a lead guy out of any trades. Well, well, there's certainly no rumors going around about a lead guy, but I think Morris... Well, he's just an example of somebody. If we traded two for one, yeah, we need to make a would, three for it, one. It would it would uh, help with the logjam we have at, at forward. Every time but, Brooklyn wins, a part of you, a little piece oh, of you, dies. Right? Can you believe? I mean, we lost to the Knicks on Wednesday, Wednesday yep. night, I guess. Yeah. And then I saw that the Knicks played Brooklyn the next night, but of course, I forgot that Carmelo got injured in our game. Yeah. And he didn't play against the Nets and. I look at the box score and I cringed. Yeah. I thought when they a couple they, of teams with twelve wins. I know. I thought when they when Jared Jack got hurt and then they fired the coach, I was expecting like a thirty loss tailspin for them. And yet well, somehow, thing in it, I read on Hoops Hype today that I didn't realize this, but uh, three Nets players were quoted as talking about how hard it was to play for Hollins and how much they feel. Relieved to be playing with some freedom with this new coach. Yeah, that's. Not I good. wish they hadn't fired Highlands. I didn't know that was going on. That's not good. My fear for them is that they're going to do some trade where they trade Joe Johnson's expiring contract and get real players back with longer contracts. Because what do they care? They they're screwed for the next three years anyway. Right. So like, if they traded Joe Johnson to New Orleans for. Tyreek Evans and Eric Gordon. I just got both of them back. And Tyreek's contract goes a year after this one. Eric Gordon's expiring. But for New Orleans, they're getting rid of the Tyreek contract. I'm not saying New Orleans would do that. But the, what a type of trade like that where they're getting two bodies back but longer contracts and they'll be slightly better this year. That's our worst case scenario. Please don't make that trade, Brooklyn. I think it's more apt that he either he'll be traded to a contender or they're just going to buy him out. Um if if I was running the Nets, I would trade the Joe Johnson pick for players. Like I, I would be calling Houston trying to right. get Dwight Howard and Ty Lawson for Joe Johnson. Like just basically throw them a whole bailout for their whole luxury tax situation and everything. Houston's not gonna win the title this year. 
I'd be making all of those calls trying to. I'd try to get Markeith Morris. Well, maybe they are making those calls. Um, like, they, right, like if, if conceivably, you, yeah. they could offer Tyson. They, they could get Tyson Chandler and Markeith Morris from Phoenix for Joe Johnson's expiring, and basically give Phoenix a reset button. Right. You know, that's what I'm worried about the Nets. Or we could do the same thing with with David Lee's contract. Yeah. I mean, we were in a similar similar position. He's a much more. I mean, I thought I thought he'd be more helpful to us this year. He, I've watched him pretty carefully. He, yeah, he on, he's on the downside. The, he yeah. doesn't have the leap in his legs that he used to have. So he's, you probably have noticed, he's getting these uh, short shots um, blocked. Yeah. Or, yeah. He's below the but rim now. I like now. him. He's a he's a great team guy. If you watch him on the bench, he's terrific. Yeah. But, and he can't guard anybody. Too well, bad. This point yeah. of season. All right. Uh, execute that plan on Saturday night. I'll, I'll uh, be texting you during the game. Good luck. Go okay. Cats. Talk to you soon. Right. All right. Go ahead. Thanks to Simply Safe for sponsoring today's BS podcast. Remember, it's the smartest way to protect your home. No long term contracts and the best 24 7 protection possible for just $14.99 a month. Visit simplysafebill.com to get my 10% off discount. Simplysafebill.com. Thanks to HBO, you don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Just download the HBO Now app, start your free one-month trial today. Thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast, and Channel 33. Channel 33 was awesome this week. The premiere of Amanda Dobbins joining uh, Juliet Littman. They're going to have a weekly podcast. Uh, Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. We had Juliet's Bachelor Pod. We had Chris Ryan and Juliet Littman doing Sources Say about the NBA. A loaded week. Uh, So subscribe to that as well. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. And we will be back on Monday with the cuz. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. And picture me rolling.